Hi, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Long Time No Episode. So today's episode, I'm going to talk about TikTok. This is something that a lot of people have requested that I do, and I have a lot of thoughts on TikTok. So we'll get into that in a second, but I feel like I cannot start this podcast without saying something about the current world situation, about the police brutalities directed at people of color. Um, So as someone who is white passing, I don't want to talk over top of people who are definitely screened by the color of their skin but for people who don't know my dad is black so I'm half black but I reap all of the benefits of white privilege because to anyone who sees me on the street I look white and the other night I was stopped by a cop when I was walking with my boyfriend we had had a couple of drinks where I keep my horses at the pasture down the street and we were walking home late at night around 1 a.m um weren't doing anything illegal totally normal we're both legal drinking age and my house was like two blocks away but the cop stopped us and did an illegal search and the whole time I was standing there I had the fortune of just being irritated I wasn't really scared of the cops doing anything to us and putting us in a dangerous situation or brutalizing us in any way I was just annoyed because I knew they didn't have the right to be searching our bags because there is no due cause for it but they knew they could get away with it and the street I live on has no street lights it's pitch black at night and it's farmland so it's very quiet if I had been a person of color in that situation that would have been a complete nightmare because They could do terrible things and take advantage of their power and no one would be able to see. And those are the types of situations that people of color have to deal with every day because when the people who are supposed to help all of us as a society are called to help, a lot of times they make the situation worse and they escalate power way further past than what is necessary. And it's because it's just been so quietly accepted for so long. And in a lot of ways, the whole policing system and how we handle arresting and dealing with people, it's kind of been skewed to offer a loophole out of slavery. Like, I know a lot of people won't agree with me saying this, but now instead of having, like, legalized slavery like we used to, people are just going out of their ways to find reasons to arrest black people, give them longer sentences than they would white people for sure, and giving them a completely skewed like amount of people ending up in the jail system and that to me is a form of slavery because they do forced labor and they're getting paid basically nothing and then if they don't end up in jail they also are at major risk of just being murdered when they're stopped for literally doing absolutely nothing and it's a problem that has been ignored for a long time and instead of actually addressing it we often get people just saying like oh like it's because they're more at risk of committing crimes which frankly is a load of shit i wouldn't say they're necessarily more at risk. They're just more likely to get caught and get a very stiff sentence, even if they do the exact same thing. Some white guy could do and just get a slap on the wrist. Like, you see people like Brock Turner, who raped an unconscious girl, and he got, like, three months, and he didn't even end up serving. Or, no, he got six months, I think, and he didn't end up serving anywhere close to it. But then you get people that do things that are a lot less traumatic and harmful and don't affect someone in the same way, and they get sent away for years upon years. 
So anyways, I just wanted to address that at the beginning of this podcast because I do think that since it doesn't affect a lot of people, if you've never experienced a police officer taking liberties that they shouldn't with you or experienced racism, prejudice, etc., from a police officer or someone else in a position of power, it might not seem like it's a problem because it hasn't been a problem for you, but it's important to acknowledge the fact that a lot of other people have these problems that you wouldn't. And for me, as someone who is half black but looks completely white, it's really hard to watch because I get treated completely different than like my dad would if he was with me and doing stuff with me like even my friends who are black I get I get treated completely differently I don't experience the same levels of racism as them but I have a lot of the same cultural connections because even with my friends who are half black they'll still be darker than me a lot of times and we're similar genetically and like our families are very similar we have a lot of similar culture between both sides of our families but I always get the easier end of things just because of how I look and it shouldn't be that way so for me I could be like everyone else and say oh if it doesn't happen to me it must not happen to you or I could look at the situation and be like hey like they're living a completely different life than me because they're getting judged based off of how they look and I don't fall into that because my skin isn't as dark. And I think more people need to start acknowledging that and realizing that how you perceive things and what happens to you is going to be completely different than someone else that is being judged based off of the color of their skin. And if you're white, it's not something that commonly happens to you. There is no real racism towards white people because we reap all of the benefits of being white and we're more likely to get put ahead because of our skin color then held back so even if someone makes fun of you for being white it doesn't hold the same power as what we say to people of color does because it actually has the power to completely push them down and treat them like second class citizens like we already are so I know a lot of my followers are probably not people of color so I thought this was important to say and I'm not trying to talk over top of anyone who is a person of color but this is just such a crazy situation that has been going on for so long and we've just justified racism on a regular basis because it's not as bad as what people were saying and doing during times of slavery but now that a bunch of stuff is getting filmed and going viral people are starting to see that maybe not a whole lot has changed and there's a lot of horrible stuff that people are getting away with because it should never be a situation where anyone just murders a person out of cold blood or a police officer roughs someone up completely unnecessarily and it results in them dying and then nothing happens. They should be getting arrested right after that. Like It should be without question, you're put on suspension and you're going to court as a police officer because you killed someone even though you've been trained to the nines on how to arrest people without killing them or severely harming them. Like, it should be easy for a cop to deal with unarmed people or people with weapons that aren't that dangerous without killing them. Like, that's literally their one job. So, anyways, that's my piece. This was longer than I thought it would be, but the situation is crazy. And it's time that people who aren't affected by it start speaking up and standing up for people because if you speak up, you're not at risk of a police officer just deciding to murder you, whereas people of color are definitely at risk of stuff like that happening, especially as they make police officers more and more uncomfortable. So as someone who isn't 
in the high-risk category for police brutality and other forms of racism, it's time to start speaking up and trying to help your friends who are because they're more likely to have really grave consequences if they talk too loud and people are already trying to silence them. But if more and more people talk, it's a lot harder to silence that large of a group of people. So anyways, without further ado, I'm going to talk about TikTok, and I'm going to talk about it from two angles. The first is just general, like TikTok as an app, my concerns with it. And then I also want to talk a bit about the horse part of TikTok and like the reason why I ended up just deleting the TikTok app. Like I'm sure some of you guys probably followed my TikTok and the account is still up because I didn't delete the account. But I was just so disturbed and upset by some of the videos that I would see on TikTok that for my mental health, I just had to delete the app and not participate in TikTok anymore. Um, Even though like my TikToks would get views and it could have been like a successful platform to keep posting on. But I just I don't agree with what goes on at TikTok and like the types of things that they accept for treating animals particularly horses and I can understand why a lot of the horse videos end up on the for you page and going like viral and getting tons of views because I think that the population is a lot more ignorant to horse care than they are about cats or dogs they don't know how to tell when horses are stressed or having problems but yeah so that's largely the reason I deleted TikTok was because of the horse part of TikTok but I'm gonna start off talking about TikTok in general because there's a lot of problems with it from a privacy standpoint and I have a lot of concerns about it for children because it is widely used by underage people and for those of you who don't know YouTube recently had like a ton of problems with pedophiles using the comment section of children's videos to advertise like child pornography and sites catering to pedophiles and child predators but they would like talk in code like I never saw any of these comments I'm just going off of what I have read they would talk in code so it wouldn't be like blatantly like hey this is my link to child pornography they would talk about it in a way that was like slightly veiled so that people who are interested in seeing that stuff would know what they're talking about but the people who run these YouTube accounts for children and their parent and parents of children wouldn't necessarily notice so It became a big problem on a lot of the videos that were made for children on YouTube to the point where YouTube started making it a thing where when you're posting your content, you have to say whether or not it's made for kids. And if it's made for kids, they no longer have comments on it and they also won't monetize them. And the problem with that is it makes it so that a lot of the people who produce content for kids can no longer make money off of the ads, which is bad. And then also losing the comments makes it harder for your videos to get reached because the more comments you get, the more the video is pushed out into people's recommendations and whatnot. So it's a pain for people producing those videos, but at the same time, it was really putting kids at risk and it was allowing pedophiles a platform. So that's why YouTube took such a hard stance against it. Um, And the problem with TikTok in that regard is that I would say the, the like demographic on TikTok is a lot younger than YouTube even. So you'll have a lot of people who are high school age or younger. They're all underage. And there's a lot of trends on TikTok. Like, obviously, this isn't with really young children. It's more like tweens and teens. But still, there's a lot of trends where they're trying to be, like, sexy and, like, do things to look hot. And I know they're trying to appeal to, like, people their own age or close to it. But 
I'm very concerned about how, like, TikTok allows for more anonymity than YouTube does, and there's a lot less rules for what you can post, and it's easy to get a lot of traction on your posts, even if they're stupid. Like, I would post the dumbest shit, and I would get, like, 100,000 views on my stupidest videos. Like, there's no rhyme or reason on TikTok. So then you get people doing these trends that are intended to try to look, like, sexual or attractive and just appeal to, like, probably people their age, but then you have definitely pedophiles that are going on to TikTok because they can no longer do what they do on YouTube. And I find that on TikTok, the minds are probably a lot more impressionable than even on YouTube. And there's more access because they haven't put any of these rules in to protect kids. And I do think a lot of the kids who do post on TikTok are totally naive to who might be watching their videos. And I find that really, really concerning. So, like, obviously, at one point, I used to be young, and, like, for sure, like, I would post photos of myself in high school that I thought I looked pretty in. I would try to be, like, sexy so that more of the guys that I liked from my school would like my selfies, and, like, I totally get that, and, like, if you do something on TikTok that gets a lot of attention, you're probably more likely to do it again. So I think that's the biggest concern is that you get these big trends that, just to me, they seem too old for the age range that is doing them. And this isn't to say that, like, teenagers should be, like, nuns and shouldn't get to do anything fun and, like, take any photos where they feel good about themselves. But I just think that some of these trends where they're doing, like, sexual dances to music and stuff when they're, like, so far above being, like, the age of majority. I mean, so far below being the age of majority. It's very concerning because it's basically, like, exactly what a child predator would want to see and TikTok is chock full with it. So even though this hasn't been really talked on a large full like on a large scale and as far as I know, TikTok has not addressed it. I'm certain that all of the child predators who can no longer do what they were doing on YouTube would be going to an app like TikTok because if anything, it's more successful for them than YouTube even was because they have all these kids participating in these trends that are intended to sexualize children and for all we know the trends could even be getting started by pedophiles because they could have these anonymous accounts and they could do videos either not featuring themselves or featuring other people and try to make it seem cool so that they can trick kids into doing the same thing and then that trend just keeps getting reshared and reshared and it gives them content to either take and use for what they want or just watch and either way it's creepy. So my recommendation to you as kids, like any of you guys who are underage, be really conscious of who can be watching the content that you put out because there are some really creepy and gross people out there that will be watching your videos and they won't be watching them in the manner that you intended for them to be watched when you're posting them. And obviously that goes for anything you post, but there are certain things that you need to be really cautious of, and there are really bad people. If people are contacting you on TikTok and being weird, or even if you think you've made a friend with someone your age on TikTok, be really careful because it could be someone that is definitely not your age and they could have really bad intentions. And I think that this is a huge problem on TikTok that has not been getting addressed enough. 
I think it needs more traction because, like, obviously, I have no way of proving how many predators there are on TikTok like this, but just from seeing what went on with the whole YouTube thing and how much of a problem it was on there, like, obviously, YouTube has been around longer, but I don't know if any of you guys noticed, like, when you were on YouTube, like, probably within the last year, how many ads there were for TikTok. Like, initially, before TikTok caught on, like, there was just ads everywhere. Like, tons. Like, everyone's YouTube video had an ad for TikTok. And for me, like, at first, I was like, wow, this app looks so stupid. This is so dumb. Like, even with the amount of ads they're pushing, how is this going to drain gain traction? It looks like they're trying to be, like, Vine, but with shittier content, is what I thought. But the amount of ads that they could afford, like, honestly, it was insane. Like, whoever had the money to start TikTok... They had so much money put into advertising, and without that money, I doubt it would have gained traction. So whoever started TikTok had a huge amount of funds at their disposal to advertise for it because the ads were constant, and advertising is not cheap. And they were getting so many big names in the YouTube community also to push TikTok. And then finally, it started catching on, and then even people who didn't want anything to do with TikTok in the beginning are now doing reaction videos to TikTok, which further promotes the app, and it's drawn more and more traffic to them. So my concern is that the amount of money that went into promoting TikTok is not the amount of money that a fledgling business would be able to afford for advertising, because before it really caught on, they wouldn't have been making anything from it because they had no users, but there was so many ads even before it caught on. So either the people starting it have their hands in the pockets of a lot of other businesses or it's something even more insidious. And like, also don't quote me on this because I'm just doing this rapid fire and I haven't like researched what I'm saying, but I'm pretty sure that either TikTok is owned by like a Chinese like data farming company or a Russian data farming company. I can't remember which it is, but that came out like quite a while ago. Um, Obviously, like I said, I can't confirm how true it is, but it sounds very believable to me because that would explain why they had the amount of money they did to advertise the app. And it would also explain the motivation behind such an app. So they're trying to draw mass groups of people of all ages into the app to farm their data. And most people don't read the terms of service before they download apps. Like, I know I don't. I'm guilty of that. So for all we know, there could be anything in the terms of service that gives them tons of access to your phone and what you post and so on and so forth. So those are all things that make me very concerned about how TikTok came about and like who is behind running TikTok and driving all that traffic to there, how they afforded those ads, and also the types of people that it draws towards it. Because I think the biggest issue with TikTok would be the fact that it's not safe for kids, I don't think. I think it really draws in the wrong crowd and it's not done anything to make it safer for kids at this point, to my knowledge. And I am very, very concerned about the amount of sexual predators that could be on TikTok. And I'm hoping that, like, if any of you, like, if there's any parents watching this or anyone with young siblings, like, please just keep this in the back of your head and watch what your kids or your siblings post on TikTok. And maybe just consider having a talk with them about that because I would really hate for them to do a trend that's popular on TikTok but isn't age appropriate for them and potentially have these types of weirdos going to their account to watch it and I don't know that that's what rubs me the wrong way the most about TikTok because 
all of like the trends that they do for like all these dances and stuff so many of the dances are not appropriate for really young humans to be doing but they're doing them and I don't know if they know what they're doing or if they do know and they just do it anyways but regardless it's weird um like when I was like in elementary school like grade seven and stuff I know I sure as shit wasn't like wearing a full face of makeup and like trying to wear clothes that made it look like I had boobs and like just trying to look a lot older than I was but now it's becoming like more and more common for people to do that like I looked like a swamp troll in in grade seven like I didn't brush my hair like I wore so many different patterns at the same time I was disgusting <laughs> like I just looked like a giant child and now grade sevens are like better at makeup than I am and they're like prettier than I am and like they just put more effort into their look than adults do and it's 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 like I hope that they're not just doing it so that other people perceive them a certain way I hope it's because they like the way they look but I also do find it concerning because it ends up making these children look like way older than they are because I've seen photos of people that are either just coming out of elementary school or in like their last year and they'll look older than I do because of the amount of makeup they wear and what they choose to wear as clothing and that's super concerning especially on an app like TikTok. But I do think that the reason why the the styles of young people are changing and the amount of makeup they wear and how they dress, I think those are changing because of social media because they feel they have a reason to impress people and like they have a crowd that they want to look a certain way for. So I think it's largely linked into that, which is also concerning because, yeah, like having kids look way older than they are attracts old predators to come for them and... Like, speaking as someone who was once young, like, especially high school-aged people, or even, like, if you're almost in high school, but the person isn't so ridiculously older than you that you might think it's cool. Like, I thought it was cool when, like, older guys would show interest in me in high school, even if I was, like, 15 and they were 18, which is gross. Like, they're a legal adult, I'm not, and even though that's only three years at that point, there's a huge difference in maturity, but I felt special when older guys would hit on me when I was young. So long as I found them attractive, I thought it was cool. I thought that it was because they thought I was, like, mature and this and that. No, they're predators. Um, And, like, they don't need to be, like, some 40-year-old man hitting on, like, a 14-year-old for them to be a predator. It could literally be, like, a 19-year-old going after 15-year-olds and so on and so forth. But it's not viewed in the same way when the age gaps aren't quite as large. But I do think it's something to keep in mind because, like, a predator doesn't have to be some creepy old, like, stereotypical pedophile-looking guy. It can be a young guy that's attractive but goes after girls that are far too young for him or boys. We're not going to discriminate here. It doesn't matter what gender it is, but if they're old and they're going after you when you're way younger than them, it's not normal. Like, for me, for example, I'm 24. If any of my friends decided they wanted to date like even an 18 year old that would be very weird to me but if it was younger than 18 like 17 16 they would not be my friend anymore because they would be a pedophile um and like there's a lot of guys who do that and it's more normalized when the gap isn't as big but I do think people need to start recognizing that if there's a a person that is dating so significantly younger than them that the maturity level is that different like there's usually a reason for it if they can't get someone their own age or at least close in age in their maturity level there's probably something that's not quite right with them and 
I would just keep that in mind. And this isn't to say that age gaps are a bad thing, but there's certain ages where less of a gap should be accepted. And definitely throughout high school would be one of those age ranges where it's not acceptable. So just keep that in mind because like speaking from experience, any of the guys that I have ever heard of that go after girls significantly younger than them, especially underage girls, they're all creeps and their intentions aren't because they like the girl. It's because young people are easier to mold and take advantage of and you can groom them to be exactly how you want and if you are abusive to them in your behaviors they're less likely to know because it'll be like one of their first few relationships probably and then also since the person's older they'll be telling them like oh like you're just young and naive if they don't agree with them and then it's abusive in that way because they abuse their age and experience to try to make a young person do everything they want them to do and act a certain way even if they're not correct but then the young person's more likely to believe what they say and less likely to argue against it or assume that they're wrong because they're older and wiser and they'll think that they're just being young and naive and that if they say anything they'll lose that person in their life so it's just not a good thing so young people don't fall for it if like a way older person shows interest in you because like it hits a point where the gap is so large that, like, their motivation behind hitting on people in your age range is not a good one. And it's just something to keep in mind. I wouldn't want anyone to get hurt or get in an abusive relationship with someone who is just trying to take advantage of young people. And, yeah, like, TikTok as an app really sets that up, and that's one of my biggest concerns with it. So I'll talk about the horse part next because I'm just getting super rambly. Okay, so now on to the more fun part about TikTok, the horse part. And unfortunately, even after deleting the app, I'm still plagued by these horrendous videos of people training their horses on TikTok. And imagine that I said training in quotation marks. Um, so basically what I find on like the horse part of TikTok, as well as like other animal parts of TikTok, um, is just that there's like... Like, I'll call it vanilla abuse for some of them because it's vanilla in the sense that it's not so horrendous that people can generally say, like, hey, that's abusive without people being like, oh, you pansy, like, why do you care? You like, do you just like feed your animal a treat when they're bad and they like have that type of response to it? But like, it's still abuse. It's just not as horrendous as it could be. So there's a lot of veiled forms of abuse on TikTok when it comes to animal training. And, like, I would say horses are definitely the worst because you have, like, you have, like, these clips of people doing stuff with horses or just horses doing something that isn't mainstream knowledge to people outside of horses and even within horse owners. It's glorified and downplayed in such a way sometimes that people just don't acknowledge it as an actual problem. Like, for example, this is one of the videos that led to my deletion of the app. There is this video that, like, some cowboy posted of a TikTok, and he was trying to be funny, where he was like, haha, like, this is me when I'm trying to talk to girls, or, like, me at the club, and he's, like, walking down his barn, and as he walks down, all of his horses have their heads out of their stalls, but then when he's coming past, they pin their ears at him, and they suck back every single horse, and then, like, people are commenting on this, like, ha ha ha, like, mares, am I right, and I'm like, no, like, those horses are either stalled too much, and they're aggressive and cranky because of that, or this man does bad things to them. And, like, people thought that was funny, it got a lot of views, it, like, got on the For You page, it went viral, and 
I found it upsetting because I thought it was an indicator of the horses being stalled too much and having vices as a result, or that the guy that clearly was like the trainer, handler, feeder, whatever, he's not being nice to them and their behavior reflected that. They were frustrated or scared in some way and people downplaying it and just making it into a meme and making it funny just negates the severity of like that type of disconnect from the horses and I thought that was really sad. I didn't like the fact that it was just being like glorified in that way and like compared to like striking out at the club like no your horses are unhappy and you're making them into a meme um and yeah stuff like that made it made me unhappy and then you also get the videos where people will take video of their horse weaving in the stall dramatically like the horse is stressed they're going full out like weaving really fast clearly stressed and they'll put like a song in the background and then they'll make it like a joke in that way instead of like addressing the fact that that's a stress behavior um it would be like the same thing as like videotaping a dog gnawing the bars of their kennel and completely freaking out and then making kind of a joke about it but like even then I would say that dogs aren't commonly as like they're not kept in their kennels for as long as horses are in their stalls and it's not justified to the same extent so I don't think that if you reverse the roles with another animal, that it would get the same positive response as it does with horses, which is what probably bothers me the most. But yeah, you get people kind of glorifying stress behaviors or glorifying like certain training methods that aren't okay. And then the tone of all of the captions for that is just kind of like, we're right, you're wrong. If you think this, then you're a pansy. Like, so the other types of videos that have upset me is like the ones that like a lot of them come from like cowboy culture and they'll post like videos of them training their horses. There was this one video that like a girl posted where she had wrapped like a rope around the hind end, like the flank area of the horse where she like looped the rope so that if you pull it, it tightens. Um, kind of like if you had a dog leash and you ran the clip part through the handle part and then if you pull on the clip part it tightens so like that and then she also had like the horse in a halter with the lunge line attached and she was like talking about like yeah this is how you like teach a horse not to buck you make him buck and then they won't want to buck anymore and I was just like seriously and like the horse is like huffing in the video like it is stressed it's stressed and like it's standing there at like the start of the video just standing there but like huffing very very stressed lots of stress behaviors and it's standing there calmly and they take that as like good training because it's no longer bucking but in reality like a lot of those videos are showing horses that have gotten stressed to the point of shutting down and then they're glorifying the shutdown behavior as good training when really all it is is just that the animal has hit above their threshold of stress that they can handle and then they go into learned helplessness where their body basically shuts down to protect them they can't be present mentally in that situation because it's so stressful so their body gives them an out by just shutting down and clocking out mentally to so that they can cope with the level of stress they're dealing with and that's really sad and still in horse training it's very common to see that type of horse being promoted as good training i would say even more so in western disciplines but it's very common in english ones too people think that the horse that has no personality that just stands there does whatever you ask without questioning it handles differing levels of abuse they think that's good training when really it's just a horse that 
is basically a robot like i personally don't see the appeal of it because they're very boring those types of horses they don't really try to interact with you because anytime they have tried to interact in the past hasn't worked so they just stop trying to communicate with you and that's really sad to me like it's it's devastating to see that happening to animals because i don't understand why people even want to be around horses if it's about just being powerful over them and not working like as a team but yeah you get like videos like that i've seen videos of people where they say like they run colt starting businesses and they deal with problem horses and they like break horses for a living and then like all of the videos they post in these compilations are horses flipping over with them horses who are hard tied to like metal posts and rope halters pulling until they flip over and obviously the rope doesn't break because they're tied to nothing that will break so you have a horse that's basically just hung itself from flipping over you have horses that they have saddled but clearly have not introduced the saddle properly and then the horse just explodes there's a video of a horse running through a freaking round pen panel because it had been saddled and it freaked out goes through the panel bucking off like obviously totally unsafe you have horses that buck and flip over from being saddled too early and then you get them landing on like the saddle horn and like just like all of these things that are just such blatant safety issues but people are treating them like a joke and then you also have the people who are getting on horses that they've not properly prepared so they get on a horse and like for me like obviously as a horse trainer is different than like what the average person will see but I see them standing with these horses getting ready to mount and you can tell that the horse is just rigidly tense like they're ready to explode they're flinching at every sound the saddle makes when the person touches it and then of course the rider gets on in spurs and without a helmet and the horse explodes and like for horse and rider it's so unsafe because the horse wasn't ready for the rider even before they got on like they were shitting themselves before the rider ever even swung their leg over which is an indicator that they did not do the groundwork to prepare the horse better for getting on um but then they get on and have these big explosions and a lot of these riders are actually good hands from the standpoint of they can stay on um so they stay on a lot of the time some of them do fall off but generally they have like pretty good rides through these bronc fits and they stay on which is impressive and all but they could have avoided that whole reaction and not put themselves in their bare head at risk by just preparing the horse properly. But a lot of them like using the explosive bucking behavior as a flex for their training when really all it is is a flex for their capabilities of staying on, which I'm not going to say that's not impressive because a lot of these bronc fits would be very hard to ride through. But as a trainer, you shouldn't be glorifying having these huge over-the-top reactions that are dangerous to the horse and yourself and thinking that it's good training because even if you have problem horses when you're trying to fix a problem horse you don't want to push them that far over their threshold of stress because it makes it less likely to be successful in the future unless you actually succeed in completely stressing them out to the point where they have to shut down to get through that stress and I wouldn't consider that a win in my opinion because then you've just shut a horse down um and also getting to that point is obviously more dangerous than just having a calm horse from the beginning and getting them used to things without stressing them in the first place but yeah like a lot of people view 
being like a cowboy and dealing with these big reactions as like a training flex and like honestly sometimes you do get big reactions even if you properly prepare the horse because it could be something as simple as you leg up like your horse is fine with the saddle they're fine with you bouncing around on the saddle and then you get in the saddle and like a plane flies low overhead or you just like your shirt brushes their bum and you didn't realize how long your jacket was and then that sets them off sometimes stuff like that happens even if you've properly prepared them there will just be a variable that you didn't think of that you might have missed and then it sets them off but like if you're properly preparing horses in general you don't usually have so much footage of horses completely freaking out the first time they're saddled to use for these compilations in the first place and then you get these riders getting positive attention for doing that and getting told they're good riders that they're a good hand they say that these horses are just rank horses that need to be put in their place and they're problem horses and that's why they come there and they're just rank and if it weren't for them that they'd be dangerous which honestly in some cases might be true but i just don't think the way to handle a problem horse is by like bullying it further and putting yourself and the horse at risk and like as a trainer myself i just view it as in really poor taste to see people taking these risks that could really result in the horse getting hurt especially when they're not even the owner of a lot of the horses they train like the ones where they hard tie horses to like the patient's pole type thing and then they'll saddle them for the first time while they're tied and then the horse moves feels the saddle freaks out rears up goes over and hangs itself because the rope doesn't break and then they they're landing on their back with a horn like all of these things are so easily avoided if you just properly train it like you should never saddle a horse for the first time when they're tied let alone hard tied because it's gonna feel weird you know like it's 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 weird to have something new on your back that you're not used to and you got to give them the chance to get used to it without feeling trapped but it's all about ego sometimes and people just do it almost like they want to have that type of reaction and then when they get it, they use it for fodder for their social media channels to just kind of be like, yeah, I'm big trainer, me big caveman trainer, and I made this horse so good. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, it's caveman mentality. And yeah, like, it, it's just in such poor taste. Like, for me, the hard tying ones especially bother me because like, like, for those of you who followed me for a long time, you'll definitely know the horse I'm talking about. But um, his name was Jake, and he was, like, this dark, g- dappled gray Arabian Holsteiner cross, and, like, beautiful horse, fantastic jumper, lovely, lovely temperament. I loved him. I tried to buy him, but I just couldn't afford him at the point, so I just rode him. Um, he had an accident in the cross ties where, when he was getting his feet done, he, like, slipped and fell down in the cross ties, and he was wearing a nylon halter, so he hung there for a second before the farrier was able to cut him loose, and even, like, that second of hanging where he couldn't get his legs back underneath of him, it caused severe damage to his, um, pole to the point where he, like, ruptured his brainstem, and initially there wasn't, like, any indication of this having happened, like, they even had, like, the vet out, he had Cairo, and, like, everything checked out fairly normal, and then, as days progressed he just would act weirder and weirder until he ended up running through fences and was just like completely catatonic and then they found out that he'd he'd had like a brain bleed that had just gotten worse and resulted in that behavior and obviously he needed to be euthanized but that was like a mistake 
that would like that was just a one second mistake and now it's something that like you look back on and it's so easily avoidable but then you have people taking these risks like intentionally and also encouraging other people to hard tie and use the patience pull methods because they think that's the way to teach a horse to tie correctly which i would beg to differ because i think in any case where you're making a flight animal feel trapped and just forcing them to freak out until they either hurt themselves or give up and go into learned helplessness you're giving them either stress yourself to the point where you give up or keep going until you kill yourself. Those are the options you're giving the horse when you could just teach them, hey, like tying isn't bad. You get to hang out and have nice things happen and you're still learning not to pull back, but you're just doing it in a far less stressful way that isn't likely to bring negative behaviors when they're tied again. And Yeah, you get these methods where the only intention of it is just to basically, you're saying to the horse, you're either going to fit into my cookie cutter method and just deal with it, or you're going to kill yourself and die from the stress. Or I'll beat the snot out of you if you try to kill yourself and die until you give up and do this. And that's like, for me on TikTok, that's a lot of the types of training methods I see being glorified. And they're getting pot like the people posting these things get positively reinforced because people are like haha like that's so great what a rank horse you're such a good hand this that and on the off chance you do get someone saying hey this is wrong you get all of the supporters of the person who posted the video being like you dumbass like you're such a like a pansy you wouldn't know how to deal with a rank horse if it slapped you in the face you're not a real horse trainer and they do stuff like that so it's very frustrating, fr- frustrating to me because in seeing those videos, I know right away, like from a behavioral perspective, I'm way more educated than the trainers posting those videos because they are missing all of these stress signals from the horse that could have prevented them from sending the horse flipping over or doing this, doing that. And then they also mistake learned helplessness with a good training with a quiet horse when you can see that the horse is just totally shut down, which should never be the goal in training if you actually like animals. But yeah, so that's mainly why I deleted TikTok because I found it so frustrating to see those clips and I knew if I commented, it would just make me more pissed off because I would have people saying that I don't know what I'm talking about and that if I don't agree with these aggressive methods of training that I'm just a pansy and I can't handle dangerous horses or rough horses when like honestly my entire job with training is generally just getting on unbroke horses and I got on horses who've had problems and like this and that and the entire purpose of my training is fixing those problems before they get to those points where they're so dangerous that they're just like throwing their bodies around and being stupid and that stressed. So the goal in training should just be never to have reactions like that in the first place. And if it happens, you should be looking at them like, hey, like I fucked up in one way or another. And next time I need to fix that because like usually you can find what sets them off and be like, yeah, if I hadn't done that or if I'd done this better, I could have avoided that. But instead, we're applauding people for being rough and doing dumb shit with horses. And then they get, like, more attention from it. So they want to do it more. And then their training becomes all about showboating. And we're essentially creating Clinton Andersons of the world on TikTok. But even worse, because it's young people that just want to flex about, like, how dangerous the horses they work with are. And it's very bad for the horses. It's not fair to the horses. And it's time that people stop being okay with that you know like there's like I I just there's no motivation to me to work with an animal 
as a trainer, if you do not genuinely like the animal, like if you don't care about the horse's feelings, if you don't care if they're in pain, why are you working with them? Like, why? Why do you want to be around the animals in the first place if you don't give a shit about them? And like, obviously, everyone has a different way of training. And that's okay. Like, I don't expect everyone to train the same as me. The biggest issue I have with TikTok is that a lot of the videos are horses at like max capacity for their stress thresholds just being pushed over it and then people are getting like applauded for that and I think that's pretty gross so for my own mental health I had to delete it because I have a loud ass mouth and I knew that long term I would not be able to keep seeing these videos and not saying anything and I knew that if I said anything, it would just frustrate me more because the response I would get back from all of the, like, the cowboy people and the people who support that type of mentality, it just wouldn't be a positive response. And then it would just be like fighting with stupid people that you can't reason with because they don't understand like the behavioral aspect of it and they also try to ignore it. And then like also like the rough training methods usually stem from people anthropomorphizing horses which means they're basically like personifying their behaviors where so if a horse kicks you or bites you or doesn't want to be caught or something their go-to thing is oh this horse is just being a dick they're doing this on purpose they're malicious this is a bad horse and then that obviously results in you being more rough because you take it as the horse is being out to get you when that's never the case um so it just results in worse training in my opinion because you're blaming everything on the horse and you're acting like they're doing it just to piss you off, which makes you more aggressive because of how you're perceiving their reactions. And I think a lot of horse people have been guilty of that, whether they admit it or not. I definitely was when I was showing Arabs. That was definitely something I did. I thought that when my horse was like heavy or spooking off or bolting like that, he was just doing it to be a dick. And it definitely affected how I handled him. And now that's something that I'm working to fix. And it's something that I'm working to teach to people, like either in my program or through what I say online in hopes of making a difference. Because we're like, as a species, people are smart enough to be able to adapt our methods to what's better for the less intelligent animal. And I do find that like, a lot of what we do with horses, they'll justify being rough and like hitting them for punishment based off of the fact that like, oh, in a field, a horse would get kicked and a kick will hurt way more than my spurs would. And like, while that may be true, it's a stupid as shit argument because horses also have like walnut sized brains and they also are totally aware of what horses are and what people are. Like they don't view humans as their equals. They know we're not horses. So we can't mimic their behaviors because we don't do the same body language in general and they know we're different and the other thing with horses and fields is even when they do kick usually there's a ton of warnings before they actually fire out and bite horses because they speak so silently in body language and as a general rule like 90 percent of their punishment is actually just warnings like they'll pin their ears they'll snake their heads at horses and then it doesn't usually need to escalate past that and like obviously you still get horses biting each other because they're horses but in the herd setting, it's way different than how people train horses. And also, like, our expectations for how horses should act and what they should do go completely against their nature. So if we punish them for not wanting to participate in a sport that we made up for ourselves, it's not fair to use the herd environment as an excuse of how we handle that because it's a completely different scenario. Um, 
and that's like something that really needs to change but I do find that TikTok kind of glorifies that mindset and it's very hard to participate on TikTok and I know I'm not the only one because I've seen people like Jill like jet eventing slash jet equitheory like I've seen like Jill if you're listening to this ever if you've gotten this far I feel you. I've seen your tweets about TikTok being disheartening and shitty to watch from a behavioral perspective, and I get it. That's why I had to delete the app, and yeah, so I don't think TikTok's necessarily, like, terrible from the, like, it it could be good for animal training depending on who got the biggest amount of attention on there but it's not seeming to be the people that actually have a positive message to spread to spread and it does concern me from the standpoint of seeing like impressionable people who aren't that educated yet in training see that and think that that's the be- the norm for training because as it stands a lot of people do think that starting a horse under saddle is some like big exciting thing where the horse bucks and you have to like break their spirit and tame them and no matter what you do you get these big reactions when that is absolutely not the case um and making that seem mainstream knowledge doesn't help the horses whatsoever so (sighs) yeah that's my rant for the day um so if you're on tiktok i hope you keep those things in mind and maybe if you have a higher threshold of patience and not getting angry as easily as me maybe if you see these types of stupid clips that i'm referencing i'm sure some of you have seen the actual tiktoks that i'm talking about in this maybe like you could be the one to say something but i'm sure it won't go anywhere because those types of people don't listen but i mean it doesn't hurt to say something if you have the patience for that i do not it would just frustrate me and it would make me a cranky ass bitch so like that's why i took my leave from tiktok but I do still, luckily for me, I get lots of these stupid clips sent to me still because people will be like, haha, did you see this on TikTok? I know this would piss you off. Look. <laughs> and, then I, and then, of course, I click it and I watch it and I'm like, ugh, God. But I can't comment anymore because I deleted the app and you need to download the app again to comment. So that's the one silver lining. So, yeah. So, like, TikTok is just kind of there. And I do have concerns about how it came about and, like, the whole advertising related to making it popular and whatnot. I don't trust TikTok. Like, I don't trust a lot of social apps. Like, I'm sure, like, my iPhone has harvested my fingerprints and, like, my facial recognition and all of that is, like, in some system somewhere and that they know all about me from my Facebook page and stuff. So, like, obviously, I'm not completely free of that. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I got weird vibes from TikTok from the beginning. It took me a while to download it in the first place. And then I used it for like four months. And then after that, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to just quietly dip out of here. <laughs> and then I haven't gone back since. And I don't think I will. Like it is tempting because I'll have these short videos that I don't want to post on Instagram and obviously can't post on YouTube because they're short. And they would probably do well on TikTok, but I just can't participate. So. Yeah, maybe I'll make, like, another Instagram account just for short TikTok-esque clips because I don't want to participate on TikTok. But yeah, so those are my concerns with the app, both from, like, a general perspective and then from, obviously, the animal welfare perspective. But I hope that you guys kind of keep that in mind and just be safe because I do, I really worry about young people on TikTok because I do think that some of the trends have been started by weird predatory people that want young people to take the trends and run with them so that they can watch and creep on their clips 
And I do worry from a privacy perspective from people watching clips of young people and then like trying to find them or like trying to befriend them online and pretend they're younger than they are and stuff like that. Like just be very careful. Like the internet is a dangerous place. And I think TikTok is probably one of the worst apps for having weird creepos come on your pages. So just be safe. And also keep in mind that with training to animals, like if someone's constantly having these really volatile reactions from horses, it's probably their fault, not the horse's fault. So like just just be mindful of to what extent you will tolerate roughness on animals, because I don't think that as the more intelligent species that people really have the right to just keep trying to justify beating up an animal because it's big. So Yeah, I hope that kind of gave you some insight on my thoughts on TikTok, and I hope that you guys keep being safe because I really worry about the young peeps in particular, and I would recommend staying within your own age demographic because if old people like you when you're underage, they're not the types of people you want to be around at all because they're creeps. So yeah, I will be that annoying-ass mom figure at the ripe old age of 24 because trust me like I have had these types of people try to contact me when I was younger and I thought it was cool and my mom was like Shelby that is not cool and I was like screw you mom you don't know anything I am young and now that I am not so young anymore I'm like damn she was right so just consider the fact that sometimes your parents and older siblings do in fact know what they're talking about and you might realize it far too late so yeah And then also keep in mind what I said at the very beginning about the police brutality and whatnot, because there are going to be a lot of protests and I'm not going to recommend this for underage people because you probably don't want to be going to that setting because it's not going to be very safe in a lot of places. But if you do want to protest and you're like of age and especially if you're white, if you go there to protect people who aren't white and be present if they ever get bothered by the cops and just be there to protect because even like if you stand with someone who has a cop that's trying to be abusive towards them as a white person you have way more power than a person of color would standing there because they're more likely to get thrown around and have aggression directed at them so as a white person if you go to protests you could protect them you could ask the cops questions and just kind of be like another person present if someone is getting bothered or roughed up by cops you could film things that aren't okay even if you can't stop them if you can film them get the names of the cops and hold them accountable and just document stuff as proof it's not a bad thing but i do think it's important for white people to go to these protests because if it's just people of color i do worry about cops continuing to abuse their power and do things that are totally not okay whereas statistically from what we have seen they're less likely to do these things to white people so just consider how you use your privilege in this next little while because I don't think it's likely to get better before it gets worse there's going to be a lot of protests there's going to be a lot of riots because people are totally at their wits end with how this has been going and they need the help of the people who are more privileged and are less likely to have bad things happen to them as a result of attending these protests so if you go just keep in mind don't talk over top of anyone who's a person of color like listen to what they say to you ask them how you can help and just be there with the intent of protecting them from the people who are supposed to be protecting everyone but aren't and those are the police officers and for those of you who have family members that are in policing 
like deep down people know that not every single cop is crooked but there's enough that get away with this type of behavior that it's reason for concern so it's not the time to say hey but like my uncle is a cop and he's nice that doesn't really matter because it's so accepted on such a wide scale for people to not be fair that it's become a big problem like as I said like I got illegally searched like literally the other day and that's not the first time that's happened cops abuse their power pretty often because they know they can get away with it and while some of those abuses of power aren't that big of a deal lots are and all it really takes is for them to do a bunch of little abuses of power before they start justifying the bigger ones so like as it stands it doesn't matter if there's some good cops it's just that as a whole group of people there are some major concerns that need reform so even if you know someone who is like the quintessential amazing fair nice police officer there's not enough of those types of people to safeguard against the ones who aren't like that so it is still a viable concern and people's frustrations are so high now that they're being very blunt about their opinions on these situations so try not to make it about the police officers because there's just been so much brutality and bad things happening that right now the people you need to protect are the ones that are being harmed by the crooked cops not the police officers themselves but it's hard for people to see the good in an organization when there is so much of abusive power going on and just from like personal experience like some of the liberties officers easily take and get away with because they know they can like if you did that in a lot of other jobs you would at the very least get written up or you could end up going on leave and losing your job but it seems to almost never happen for police officers so yeah just consider that and try not to be talking over top of people of color and like to anyone of color listening to this if i've said anything that isn't okay just let me know and i will adjust it like i'm trying to use my platform for good but as someone who is white passing i know what i say doesn't hold the same validity as someone who actually has to live with racism every day because i'm lucky enough to escape from much of that because it's most people can't tell that i'm half black when they see me so i get all of the benefits of white privilege and i'm aware of that so i'm sorry if i've said anything that isn't okay and just let me know if i'm not being as considerate as i could be or if there's something that you would like me to use my platform to say just let me know and i will do that because i know that this is a very crucial time in history and how this goes could really change people's lives positively or it could change it for the negatively and i just want to do what i can so yeah thank you for watching and i hope that this podcast wasn't too rambly and dry because i'm very good at rambling anyways stay safe out there guys and just just be cautious of tiktok and yeah